I was about six or seven years old, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit older, maybe eight or nine. We never got Christmas gifts. Some of you have heard me share this story. It's one of, it's one of my greatest sources of shame, but I think it appropriately addresses the issue that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about anger and its destructive effects and how God uses anger to draw us to himself. I was young. My sister and I had gotten into a fight. It was an argument that just got out of hand. Don't ask me what it was about, but I'll never forget this moment. Because we were young and we were really, really poor, we never got like Christmas gifts. But this one year, my aunt gave my sister the greatest gift she had ever gotten in her life, and if you asked her, she would tell you what it was. She never forgot this gift. It was a jewelry box. You know those jewelry boxes where you open up the lid and the little ballerina twirls around and you, you hear the little thing, 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 you know, it's just like a little song. Can you picture it in your mind? She loved this thing. She didn't have any jewelry. But she loved this box. It represented to her femininity and beauty and that someone was thinking about her. You can imagine how good she felt about that. Well, we got into this fight and it just kind of escalated and escalated. And I was clouded in my anger and in my rage. I wanted to act out and hurt her in the way that was the most that I could hurt her in that moment. And so I picked up her box and smashed it on the floor. I wonder if I'm the only one who's ever done something that they deeply regret in a fit of anger. I wonder if I'm the only one who's ever done something in a fit of anger that you wish you could take back, said something in a fit of anger that you wish you could take back, done something that you wish you had not done. I was angry and it let it led, lead me to a place that I hurt someone that I deeply, deeply loved. Something that you can't make up for. Some broken pieces. Sometimes you can't put Humpty Dumpty back together, right? Today we're going to talk about anger, and the reason we're going to talk about anger is because anger has that kind of explosive kind of effect where it can really ruin your relationships, totally destroy your life. There's a reason why people act in ways that are harmful to themselves because they're so angry, they're like, I'll show you. Literally, we have a phrase for this, it's cutting your nose off to spite your face. In other words, you're, such, you're in such an angry state that you're willing to try to harm someone else by harming yourself. And so anger has this way of controlling us. Anger has this way of destroying our relationships. Anger has a way of absolutely devastating our marriages and our friendships with our kids and our family members. It has a way of having its way in our life. And so we need this message today. So I need you to listen in because there's a lot that we're going to talk about way too much. 
I just want you to know that this is way too much for you to take in, so I need you to just kind of go over it. The message will be sometime this week put up on um, our uh, website, and you can, you can listen to it. Maybe you might need to listen to it a few times. But I'm telling you, you do not have the luxury of ignoring this message. None of us do. So I'm going to talk about anger because your relationships are at stake. We're going to talk about anger because your happiness is at stake. We're going to talk about your anger because the shame that we talked about for two weeks, some weeks ago, some of the greatest shames you will experience in your life could be avoided if we just address this thing called anger. So, with that being said, in your bulletins, you have what we call a sermon map. The sermon map is a way to follow along. And the reason we say we have a sermon map is because we tell everyone that the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. And so, if you need to write, anybody need something to write with? Go ahead and shoot your hand up. Shoot your hand up if you need something. To, okay, we have a couple over here. We have a few over here. People are going to come. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up until you get either your bulletin or your pencils. Okay. So today we're going to focus on understanding anger in a better way. We're going to see its positives and we're going to see its negatives and we're going to see how Christ heals it. Let's go. Okay. The first thing I want us to understand is the corrosive power of anger. By the way, today, as we address and deal with anger, um, we're just going to be looking in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. I don't know if you've ever got, like, I, I would love for you, here's a silly request. Go ahead and get you the most powerful book, second most powerful book in the world. It's called A Concordance. And, I know, you probably have never heard of it. It's concordance, C-O-N-cordance, <laughs> concordance. Concordance. Now, the reason that I say that you should get this is because you can do like really fun studies. What the concordance is, is it itemization or itemized uh, words of the Bible. Like in other words, every single place in the Bible where them come up. You can find every place, or anger, or shame, every place in the Bible. So if you just do a simple study, like do this, fool, and just look in the book of Proverbs, you'll find out what fools are and what fools are not. Or shame, or anger. Today we're going to do a simple study in the book of Proverbs about anger. And so I did the study for you. Let me show you what we found. Okay. One is that the corrosive power of anger. I want you to see these three ways that anger corrodes. In other words, it, it, it eats at. It destroys. That's what anger does. Anger can be corrosive to our bodies. Would you write that word body down? Anger can be a corrosive to our body. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30 says this. Let's read it together. A tranquil heart is life to the body, but passion is rottenness to the bones. Do you hear that? 
a tranquil life is um, a tranquil heart is life to the body, but passion is rottenness to the bones. Have you ever have you ever heard someone say, "I'm so angry, it's making me sick." Anger has an effect, a physical effect on us. It's one of the most like destructive things that you can do to your body. Anger has a corrosive effect on our body. Secondly, anger can be corrosive to our community. Look at Proverbs 15, 18. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms a dispute. You see, when you're angry, you don't care about the people that are around you. You don't care about what's happening in the community. Someone says, hey, 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 let's talk about this later. I ain't going to talk about this later. We're going to deal with this right now. It's like, no, no, no. It's little ones are right next to us. They don't understand all of your fury. Let's deal with this, and then we can address this in front of the kids so they could see healthiness, but right now this doesn't look very healthy. I ain't going to talk. You ain't going to. Oh, I get it. I get it. You're angry. You're angry. And you don't care if it corrodes the family, the children. You don't care if it destroys. You're going you're gonna to let your anger fly. Because anger has a way of destroying community. Really, really destroying community. Thirdly, anger can be corrosive to our decision making. He who is slow, Proverbs 14, 29 says this. He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick temper exalts folly. Hey, have you ever exploded in anger and, and just felt, God, I feel so foolish. Have you ever done that? Anybody here? Me? I know, I know. All right, four of you. Okay, cool, beans. Now watch this. Here's the, here's the deal. You, did you know why you felt foolish? This is important. I want you to listen in. Because you were foolish. You let anger dictate your response. And because you let anger, you do very foolish things. Say things. Do things. Take things. Withhold things. Give too much of things. Anger has a way of making us fools. But not only does it make your decision-making foolish, it goes one step further. Look at this in Proverbs uh, 14, uh, 19. A man, no, I don't think I got that right. 19, yeah, yeah, right. Um, a man of great anger 
will bear the penalty. For if you rescue him, you will have to do it again and again and again and again. Because anger has a way. It's like there's these ruts that are struck. We have a, we have a term for it now. Um, it's called triggered. Like I got triggered. And so you, you know what I mean when I say triggered? Like uh, something happened that evoked an emotion out of you. And it was one that you felt you couldn't control. And so you acted out on it. Anger has a way of doing, like taking away all decision capacity out of your life. You're not only not making wise choices, you're not making choices at all. You're simply, you're doing, you're like a dutiful uh, puppet, doing whatever the strings of anger ask you to do. So if, the, if anger is asking you to insult, it's like, how many times can you apologize over the same thing? I know I have. Why? Because anger has controlled me, and I go back to where I go back to where I go back to. Anger has a way of doing that because anger corrodes. There's a corrosive power, a destructive power to anger. But there's not just a corrosive or destructive power to anger. There's another side of anger. So I want us to see another characteristic of anger here. First, it's the corrosive power of anger. Second is the basic goodness of anger. The basic goodness of anger. Proverbs 16.32 says this, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. Think about that. The, you're better off being able to control your reactions, your anger, your explosions, than being a general of a successful military coup. Like you're better off. Everyone around you is better off. Now, at this point, I want you to notice what it says here. It says, he who is, what's the next word? Slow. Despacito. Slow to anger. Now, here's the thing. <clears throat> if you grew up in a culture or a family that is all about um, the community and the group, very shame-orientated, shame-honor culture. If you grew up in that, then that culture told you you can't express your anger. You gotta stuff it, push it down. You can't express it. But if you grew up in a culture much like ours, where it's all about individual freedom, how you dress, how you identify your own gender, how you express your sexuality, how you live out your life is all about self 
expression that has no connection to community, then it's explosive. You wanna, you're told to let it all out. Let it all out. But the Bible says, no, 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 no. It's not good to hold stuff, press your anger down. And it's not good to just let anger have its way because we've just discussed that that can be corrosive. But the Bible says, not no to anger and not blow up in anger, but slow to anger. Not no anger, not blow anger, slow anger. Anger that pauses. We're going to ask some questions as we go on throughout our, um, uh, the, the rest of this talk on anger. We're going to be asking questions, but just giving yourself a pause. Pause. Slow to anger. Why are you, remember that question we asked last week? Why are you so angry? And then we asked our follow-up question. Do you remember what it was? What else are you angry about? Because that stuff has a way of meaning too much. But we also understand that anger, basically speaking, anger is love in motion. Right? So like, so if my kid, if my kid got unfairly treated at school, like everybody else got two chocolate milks and he got one chocolate milk, you'd be like, that wasn't nice. But you'd go on about your day. But you tell me that my kid got one chocolate milk while everybody else got two chocolate milks. Anger kicks up. Why? Because I love my kid. And I love my children. And so anger is an outflow of, it's, a, it's the part of the goodness of anger. It reveals what you love. Problem is, some of us love the wrong thing. We're like, I, I, this has happened so many times where, like, uh, I'm with my wife or something like that, and she'll go, why are you getting, like, I'm upset too, but why are you getting so angry? Like, it, it just seems out of proportion how heavy your anger is. Why are you exploding at this? It's like, you don't understand. No, 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 they're my kids too. I'm angry too. I'm just not acting like you. Why? It's like, oh, it's, it's plucking a cord inside. It's plucking a cord inside that I haven't addressed. I'm, I love something. It's like it's disordered in its affections. Because we could see, let's face it, Jesus was angry several times. We can see Jesus being angry at the money lenders, right? And he turns over the tables and he starts, he makes a whip and starts whipping people out of the temple. He's like super angry that they were treating this, their father, his father's house, that's supposed to be dedicated to prayer, 
as like this common uh, financial institution where they could get, all get loaded with money. He was like, no. That's getting angry at the right things. He was at Lazarus' tomb. He was angry at death. That's appropriate. Why did Jesus get angry? Because he loved these people. He loved his father. Jesus got angry at the religious leaders, people like me, who were hypocrites. Why? Because Jesus loved the people that these hypocrites were supposed to be serving. And so his anger was right and good because Jesus loved the right things. You and I, not so much. You and I, we put love of God on the back burner. So someone, someone could curse God out in front of you and it's like, they're just so stupid. And you keep it moving. But let, them, let that same person curse you out. And all of a sudden, oh no, you must not know where I'm from. You need to ask somebody. Yeah, sure. sure. Why? But why is that? Why can God get cursed at and his name be used with him? You know, just like using the Lord's name in vain. Why is that okay? But telling you a fresh word, all of a sudden, you got to defend your own honor. Can't nobody treat me? I, wasn't, I didn't become a Christian to become a doormat, really. How, how interesting. It reveals something. It's revealing something. There's a goodness to anger. An anger that is appropriately, listen to me, if you're not angry at the injustices towards the marginalized in this world, then you're not, you're not angry at the right things. You should be angry. If you're not angry that an unarmed uh, black man could be murdered for something that you would imagine could be handled with a tase gun or, gee whiz, four or five guys, maybe that's enough. But if, if that doesn't get you angry, you're not angry. If you're not angry, if all that you do when you watch on television people, uh, little children that are hungry, and you just turn a channel because you just, oh, you can't be bothered. You're not angry at the right things. You go, what can I do? Here's a thought, get angry. Get angry at the right things. So there's a basic goodness to anger. There's a corrosive power to anger, remember? But there's a basic goodness to anger. Not no anger, not blow anger, slow, slow anger. Thirdly, why anger goes wrong? Why anger goes wrong? Here's some reasons why anger goes wrong, but before we do, let's read this. Proverbs chapter 24, verses 28. Do not be a witness against your neighbor without cause, and do not deceive with your lips. You see, the wrong kind of anger has us 
focusing on the person rather than the problem. You know, there's this thing that we say in Christian circles. It's uh, uh, love the sinner, hate the sin, or hate the sin, love the sinner. You've heard this before, yes, some of you, right? And, and some of you are like me. You go, well, that's not realistic. I can't do that. And just recently, just within the last couple of weeks, I realized I've been doing that my whole life. I love me. It's my sin that I don't like. Because when I look at my own sin, I always got excuses for why that sin happened. Well, you know, I was raised this way. Well, I didn't have this. Well, I had too much of that. Well, did, don't, did I tell you the story of how someone touched me when I was a little kid? And th- you know, did I tell you the story that I grew up in a war zone of a neighborhood and it was very, very dangerous and we always had to, like, always be on our God? And th- yeah, of course we, you know, I did drugs when I was younger. There was nothing but drugs all around me. And it's just like, when I talk about my own sin, I got all sorts of excuse. I hate the sin. Totally in love with the sinner. But when it comes to you, I can't distinguish so easily. You see, anger goes wrong. Notice what the text says. It goes, do not be a witness against your neighbor without a cause. And do not deceive with your lips. Because anger does that. Anger goes, by any means necessary, I'm going to make this person pay. So, anger grows wrong in our, and write these three down, in our passions, in our purpose, and also in proportion. Anger goes wrong in our passions, in our purpose, and in proportion. So our passions are like the emotional, anger goes wrong in our emotion. We let it take hold of us, and it's the only thing that we can see. It's the only thing that we feel. It's the only thing that we let live inside of us. Nothing else can coexist. It's only this anger, and we're going to, we're going to get our way. But not only, not only passions, but also purpose. Remember what we said about anger? That we... Mix up the goal. That we start addressing, we go after the person rather than the problem. We attack the person rather than the problem. But anger also goes wrong in our proportion, right? So that it's an explosive atom bomb. Like what was needed in the situation was like a firecracker worth of uh, anger. And what we gave was an atom bomb response to our anger. That's when, when I think of what I've done with my sister, I think of how my emotions, my goal, my, or my purpose and my proportion, right? When I shared with you that situation, my, my passions were aroused, my emotions. I just, I didn't know anything else other than 
making her feel the same way she made me feel. My passions, my emotions, they were all off. And my purpose was all off. My goal, oh, I know how I can do this. The box. That's how. I'm going to hurt her. What can I do that will have the deepest, most lasting effect? Man, you know, that thing happened over 45 years ago. I promise you she still remembers. I know. We've had conversations about it. And the proportion, right? The smashing this thing. But that's how anger goes wrong. So, we get to the point where we ask the question, and here's, this is important, how anger can be healed? How can we heal or be healed in our anger? And there's three things. Let's go through them uh, really quickly because we're going to, coming towards an end. One is we admit the anger. Remember we talked about this last week? By the way, if you weren't here last week, last week was kind of a setup for this week to kind of give you broad strokes about anger. And last week, remember what we said? Right? We said that there's three things that we need to do with anger. First, we need to admit it. Then we need to pray it. Then we need to limit it. Right? And we talked about each one. We need to admit it. Oh, this is true. I'm not, oh, I'm not angry. No, you look pretty angry. No, I'm not angry. You should probably tell your face then. First, admit it. Then pray it. We talked about praying it last week, that we're going to give it to the Lord. And then we talked about limiting it. No, no, no. It's not going to, anger's not going to have its way in every area of my life. So today, admit it. First, admit the anger. Be honest. And, and be honest with God in this. God, it's here. And it's not gone away. And it's been four days. It's been 40 years. And it's not gone away. Every time I think about it, my blood boils. My... Admit it. Second, analyze. We admit our anger. We analyze the anger. So, asking yourself some key questions. Right next to where you wrote analyze, ask yourself this. What is this big thing that I can't live without? In other words, what's the thing that's being threatened? Remember how we said that anger is, a, is an outflow of the love that you have? That it's something that you love being attacked? Okay, so then ask yourself, what is this big thing that I'm supposed to defend? What's this big thing I can't live without? And then being real honest with yourself. Being real honest with yourself. Right? It could be something as simple as going, I'm angry because you're not giving me my way. That's the truth. Matter of fact, if we could just admit that, most of our marital problems would end right there. Right there. Like literally. Right there. You know why I'm angry? Because you 
are not giving me what I want. That's it. And it could be as simple as, you know, Chinese or diner. It's like, you always have to have the last word. That's the problem with you. You never let me do whatever. No, 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 this has nothing to do with having the last word or letting who do what, when. This has everything to do with you're just not giving me my way. Analyze the anger. Look into it. Get to the root. Not just stay at the fruit. I know, I know, they lied. But why is this lie making you so upset? More so than the other lies. Then say, for instance, you told. Admit it. Analyze it. Last, alter the anger. Change the anger. Let the anger be transformed. Proverbs 25, 21 through 22 says, If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Do you see how the, the proverb writer is allowing anger to change his responses? I, I'm not going to withhold water. I'm not going to withhold food. You need this? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide it because you're not going to be in control of how I respond. You're not going to be in control. Alter the anger 